0: Hey folks, Captain Kevin Favor here for Whalen Bay Marine, and I want to tell you all about a new line of boats they are carrying. Whalen Bay now carries tracker boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tracker pontoon boats, Tahoe boats, and we all know the last one, Mako. So now, no matter what your boat needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. You have your choice of the number one aluminum boat, family boats, performance fishing boats, or just a straight up fishing machine in the new Mako boats. Does it get any better? Also, I can promise you that when you buy your new boat, all of the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure that your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. And you can do all this at Whalen Bay in St. Augustine located at 845 State Road 207. Or give them a call at 904-217-3778. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized tracker boats, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, and Mako boats. Whalen Bay Marine, give them a call at 904-217-3778.
1: Welcome to the Mo Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast.
0: I'm gonna take you fishing, honey. You're gonna love it. Brought to you
1: by Ring Power and Tire Outlet on 1010XL. Here's Captain Kevin Faber and Captain Scott Shank.
2: Good evening. Welcome to the Mo Southwest Grill fishing forecast. I am Captain Scott Shank. I'm always sitting with my good buddy Captain Ricky Poor. Good uh, good evening, Ricky. How are you? Good evening, Scotty. Kevin is off tonight. Uh I guess biggest thing is first of all, happy new year everybody. And uh here's a new one. We got a new one coming in, 20. It's does it just flow a lot better 2022 for some reason it just flows a lot better than 2021 did. But
3: hopefully it does.
2: Hopefully it does. <laughs> hopefully you know we we all start in a good fashion this year. Um, boy, you can't ask for any prettier weather than what we've had. You know, as far as for a for an end of December, ending it on a high note. Yeah. Um, Last you know, week was beautiful. Oh my beautiful. gosh! I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> which is funny, and it was gorgeous. But boy, once you stretched your paws out past about 25 miles, it turned, it wasn't as nice as it should be, at least from what the weather forecast was calling. You know, it wasn't, I've heard a lot of reports out there and the guy said that it was, it was, it was snotty, real close together. You know, three to four. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I already got six foot where
3: it was, you know, two to three inside. And it, yes. it turned like six, maybe six, eight foot yep. outside. They, they they said it got rough. I had a buddy that beat his electronics loose in his boat. Really? Yeah. And had to come in on the compass.
2: Ooh. Yep. That's always not. Had nothing. I, God, I hate that. That's scary. I don't like doing that. Rough Especially conditions. because of the weather, Ricky. We've um, been fighting fog pretty much every morning, you know, and um, uh, I don't go out that far, but there was a few mornings that, even though I told the people, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock, that it was kind of 8.30, quarter to 9 before I felt comfortable leaving the dock. I'm, I'm a wimp when it comes to fog. I mean, honestly, truthfully, I hate lightning too, but I would rather not get in a bad lightning. I would rather be around, or we'll use the term, around a lightning storm than I would be in fog. Cause it's not about me. I know. Bob's I mean, scary. It just is. Well, you, with as pretty as the weather was, and everybody off, there was a lot of boats running around, offshore, inshore, whatever. Um, I don't, you do, um, but it still doesn't matter in the river whether you have radar or not. It's hard to, you know, pick up a little sixteen-foot flat bottom, you know, running across the river or whatever.
3: Um, but. Well, we don't use radar all the time. It's not a common use thing, like, you know, the guys on the big boats out there that right. are out there all the time. They they learn to run off their radars. For me, it's uh I I'm good with mine. I know how to run it and how to use it, but it's it's sometimes things still surprise you, the time, yes. timing of things. You're good like, word. Oh. Yeah. Good
2: word. I mean, being that the river is so narrow, by the time let's just say radar kind of picks it up, it's a hundred yards away. Yeah. And closing fast you know i had a couple guys um or a couple boats let's just say that when i was crossing the inlet and i was just idling i mean i literally you know idled all the way from where i put in at you know to comanche cove and i mean there was a couple times i had to do the woo you know let you know that i'm here or blew the horn you know and you know that you see the guys like where's that coming from but they're the biggest thing in fog i'm sorry but i'm gonna have to preach it if you can't see why are you running fast you know um that ocean is always going to be there it's not going to hurt you if it takes you an extra 15 or 20 minutes to get out the inlet but you're going to save your life by not running over somebody just and, and maybe somebody else's and that, that's what i'm saying both yeah. ways yeah it's just not worth if you can't see why are you hauling butt i mean there's no reason to and a couple of those guys were and you know I understand you're all jacked up, ready to go. You're, you know, but it's, you know, even though that ocean's big and stuff like that, you know, um especially your common wrecks, I have done it um when I used to run big boats and I would not go over that common piece of bottom. You know, an artificial reef, let's say that's inshore, that's, you know, inshore, that's a common everyday boat spot. That's funny. That's what I do too. Cuz there's boats that are anchored there. So Even I with know, the radar. I'll, yes, I'll that's go what I'm getting it. at. I know when I'm getting like a mile away, yep. I'll start either you know, taking a, 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 a ten degrees, ten degrees, fifteen degrees off of my true mark because I know I'm going to be running straight over. Let's say nine mile lie bottom, okay? And I know there's boats that already left the dock at six and they're already there fishing or whatever. I will not go over common everyday numbers. I will veer off of it. But that's just me. Because the likeliness of somebody being there is good. It's pretty dang good, especially in, as pretty as it's been. Yeah. Anyhow, um, had a fun week um, doing something different in the wintertime than what I kind of sort of normally get to do, Ricky, and that is um, go offshore to our local stuff and – take our light tackle, the same as what we would catch our trout, flounder, redfish inshore, and use it offshore, putting it to somewhat of a test, because you're still going to catch seven to eight to 10-pound red snappers, and I caught plenty of those within four miles of the beach, but I was hunting sheephead, flounder, you know, stuff like that on the local inshore wrecks, big bull reds, yeah. um, and... You would run across a you know a, a nice school of, of big yellowmouth trout. Um, but this time of year somewhat it's so fun to go with the, when the weather's nice to go out there and play around what we would consider an inshore species, but catching them you know two to nine miles off the beach. I know there was one big drum that was like uh, like started everybody scrambling for crab for blue crab. Um, that there was a 50-pound drum called at 9 Mile last week. Nice. Which is, I mean, great. You know, congrats, great for input, But, you know, wow. I mean, here it is. <clears throat> and the water was warm, Ricky. I had 68, 9, 69, 2. I was bouncing around offshore. Um,
3: I am not feeling that.
2: You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll get on that. We'll get, cool on that. we'll get on that subject now, working farther offshore. Yep. But it was just, you know. You don't, you don't, if you get lucky, you do. But for the most part, it was just doing something different with clients that we normally would be fishing the river in this time of year because it's usually kind of nasty. Um, but it's just pulling on fish all day long and just having a blast. You know, at the end of the day, it, it, it which I've just gotten older and I don't care per se. I don't care what's in the box. I just care that you bend a rod all day long. And uh, um, to me... To go out there and pull on seven or ten pound fish, um, is just is just you don't know, hear them yelling. I can't stop them. I can't stop them. That's well, all right.
3: Our fisheries changed. It has, and we've had to adapt to it.
2: And we have. We hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent. And I would take out like thirty five pound braid rods, and you know we were going, we were catching bull reds and stuff like that. You know, not breaking out the big, huge, you know, heavy duty spinning rods that you would have to normally, you know, in your Mayport area or or even in St. Augustine area where you're fighting current where you got to fish 8 ounces and 10 ounces of lead to hold the bait down in the current, you know, we're out there with 2 and 3 ounces of lead, you know, and it's just, it was just a blast. I mean, I had some some really fun trips uh, right after Christmas there. Yeah. And uh, we just played around, but. And if you don't have a trolling motor, you're out of the game. uh Uh-huh
3: i i tried to fish the pier barge uh one day yes and i anchored up outside of everything i rode around it trying to find a little piece outside that wasn't taken up right and in an upstream of the current and i located something that was good enough for me to try so i anchored up and and got a perfect anchor set but uh yeah yeah that trolling motor is a game changer 100 percent.
2: and earlier in the week. It was it was loaded down with some nice black drum up to maybe 10 pounds. Um, there was some sheephead caught. Uh, there was some flounder caught there. Um, I believe I said yellowmouth trout. Yes. Yeah, so and the bull redfish had moved in there.
3: So, so tell me about that. The yellowmouth were there. You know, there was reports right. of, of yellowmouth good. It was thick. Right. And then the day the bull reds moved in, nobody caught
2: yellowmouth anymore. Right. And then... The Um, Bull Reds, I I honestly think um, they were traveling. They found, you know, everybody found each other. And honestly, it was, if you didn't have a trolling motor there, which you can attest to, there was... I mean, the the pier barge off St. Augustine Beach Pier is is somewhat of a big spot, okay? But it's spread out, you know, it's spread out a little bit. And there are pieces. There's pieces, but... There was nine or ten boats on it, eight of them probably being charter boats. And everyone was the day I fished it. Yeah, everyone was a charter boat. Eight and boats and all charter boats. Yeah. So we know what time of year to do it. And you could go out there and you could see the first day or two when the weather finally cleared, we went out. I mean, the yellow mouse were on fire. I mean, you know, you could you could catch and clean as many as you wanted to and all that. Uh three days, two, three days later. Now we're only catching a few of them, and then all of a sudden the bull reds moved in. So now everybody's, you know, fishing bull reds. Then the bull reds moved out after two or three days, and then it loaded up with little eight-inch bluefish, and I don't know, I don't know what, you silver trout, silverfish, silver perch, whatever those little things are. And it was very hard to get a bait to stay on the bottom unless you were fishing, like fiddlers or, quarter, or, you know, a quarter crab, and, and then then and then only then were you catching a few pen and some drum and stuff like that. But that place is a cycle of place. It does cycle. Everything moves around. Um, so when a bite there started settling down, I just pushed offshore a little bit and started all back over again, including red snappers now. So they just... They felt enough pressure, man. There was boats whacking on those fish, you know, and, of course, everything swam away. I did not see any of the, any of the, any of the big bull reds floating or anything. All the fish, when I was out there, everybody, they all swam away. But you could see how it was slowing down just because of the, the amount of pressure that got put on those fish. They moved. And then he just had to go relocate them again. And they were just moving. But it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. I had a, I mean, for that whole week right there, I mean, good gosh, to be, you know, 80 degrees on land and, I mean, comfortable as all get out on the water with a light sweater. I you, mean, dude. You didn't catch any red snapper
3: there, did you? No. Uh-uh. No.
2: No. no. neither. But I will tell you this, where we were catching them that, honestly, that were, I mean, one right after the other for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's 3.7 miles from the buoy yep i
3: fished it the day before you and wore them out
2: i can tell you right now i mean getting close it's getting close i mean we we were talking today uh, actually all week long which i know we were i guess we're kind of coming off a new moon or something i i haven't paid attention i just go i haven't paid attention but wow i mean there has been no grass for about three or four days now. I mean the tide is washing over Volano Beach boat ramp. It's um it's it's terrible. I mean it's 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 way up there. And I don't know what causes it. I don't remember Se-
3: seems to be more common than, than before. More
2: common than anything and I don't understand why. Yeah. But I mean it was it's been an incredible four or five days here of extremely high tide and um But when you look at the tides and you look at the, at the, uh, the pluses, you know, the, the high, you know, the, the highs and the lows and the, and the it's, it's not showing that it's throwing, showing like 3.9 to 4.3s with a negative ones or negative 0.8. I don't, I don't see where this 5.7 and 5.3s are. I, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea.
3: Well, I haven't been any part of that. I've been tractor working around the house. and
2: That's just good. Yeah. Um, real quick, and we'll keep because we um, we've had guys going offshore and doing all that. So, of course, we're going to talk to Chip tonight. We're not going to, unfortunately, be able to talk to Leon tonight. Unfortunately, my little buddy lost his voice, and I, I did all I could to just hear him when I talked to him on the phone. So, um, it was best that I give his vocal cords a night off. Uh, But anyhow, for you guys that want to fish this weekend, uh, we're going to have some fronts coming through. Uh, Friday, it's going to be north winds, 15 to 20 knots. seas 3 to 4. Dominant 4 seconds, so it's going to be rough. Uh, Choppy on the intercoastal waterways. Saturday, going to have east winds, 10 to 15 knots, 3 to 4. Moderate chop on the intercoastal waterways. Sunday, southeast winds, 10 to 15 knots. seas 3 to 5. Moderate chop on the intercoastal waterways. And... So that's the front coming and going. And then on Monday, we switch around um, for a short little time out of the west, 10 to 15 knots. But then it's going to turn again, and we got another front coming through Monday night, which is going to push north winds 15 to 25 knots in the afternoon. So you're going to have, you know, Sunday and Monday. Um, it's going to be too rough this weekend to go offshore, unfortunately, unless you're in a big boat. But it's going to be... It's gonna be a little rough to go offshore this weekend. Um, can do other things. Last week of hunting season in Georgia. So if you gotta ask where Kevin's at, figure it out. Because the last week of hunting season for Georgia, so that's yeah. where he's at. Good for him. So, anyhow, um you're listening to Mo's Southwest Gulf Official Forecast. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: The Moe's Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast, brought to you by Ring Power and Tire Outlet on 1010XL.
3: Welcome back to the Moe's Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. I'm Captain Ricky Pupor, sitting in with my good buddy Captain Shank, who's playing the air guitar.
2: (laughs) Um, The offshore guys, though, I mean, it was not like. Super pretty last week, like we talked about. You know, there was, it was not pretty. Not what everybody was seeing yeah. through Windfinder, through through NOAA and stuff like that. You know, calling three to four. But the fishing was good. Fishing was I, really good. Now it's, I had that's three,
3: three great days you in deep water last last you did. week. Yep, yep, yep. But uh... everything seems to have moved out deeper. deeper yes, deeper water fishing nowadays.
2: Talked to Captain Jason Hodges on the J Hook and. I mean, he had great days. I mean, meaning, uh, best day he had, he had like three sales, raised six, you know, um, but caught three, and to caught two another day. Um, tuna's mixed in, but that's starting to slow down. I don't I guess maybe water temperature came back up. Tuna fishing's not like it was two weeks ago. Yeah. It slowed down. Wahoo's here, there, not, not, not anything yep. back on fire. Like there was boats that, that were it fired
3: up in the beginning, early yep. season. It yep. fired November.
2: Yep. A lot, lot of, a lot of, a lot of that. days of five fish and, yep. you know, and all that kind of stuff where, you know, they're catching a few and yeah. And ma, he's thrown in a little bit. The, yeah. One or two. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I heard was of course, everybody would be trolling and, and all that. And it would slack off. Like it always does at noontime, 11 o'clock or whatever. Um, the only downside was the current was absolutely ripping out there.
3: It was. I, I trolled 24 ounces. <laughs> I mean, did a, you really? I'm I was going to say, because I yeah. mean,
2: some guys were fishing 36 ounces yeah. and they were basically feeding it back. Exactly. You yeah. know, yeah. and to hold the bottom. It was, I heard it was just yeah. an absolute, fish were chewing, but if you didn't hit them as soon as that lid hit the bottom and as soon as she got scoped out good, um, there was a lot of guys that, yes, even on the big boats, they were only fishing two and three guys at a time to prevent tangles because it was almost like flat line of man. I mean, you, you your your stuff was way back there.
3: Absolutely. Like it, I say, when you look back, you're fishing 24 ounces, and you look back and your line is up like yep. you're trolling, that's, that's, yep. that's bad. And,
2: <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that's the good thing really with braid? It uh, Yeah. Okay. I I'm not a big fan of fishing. That's just me. I'm not a big fan of fishing braid on charters. It's scary. I I don't. I fish mono. I fish
3: mono. I fish
2: mono. But there's I,
3: two different types of, of of ways to do it. You know, you can fish a a big beefy rod with mono and get your stretch out of your mono, or right. you can have a you know a flexible rod and and, and fish and your fish braid. a little
2: bit lighter weight. You know, per se. You yeah. know, because the braid's cutting through it now. The thing that I, I mean, there was always those, you know, that people that brought their own equipment, that you know, that were straight up, and and that's and, and and that's fine. i got Yeah. The 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 only thing is compared to us, me in the river with a jig head, twenty pound, you know, twenty pound fluoro, is I could just grab a spool real easy and just go pop, and either the jig head's coming too, or it's not. Well, now we're out in 150, 170 feet of water, okay? The old way of breaking off on the bottom was, was your six-aughts, and you would crank down as much as you could crank, and then you would take like three or four wraps around the reel itself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you'd pull straight back and pop. pop, it would come off. Well, of course you can't do that with Bray, because it's going to dig into that reel seat and pretty much you're going to ruin a 200 to $600 reel. Mm-hmm. Well, I would carry a short inch and a quarter, about two feet long dowel rod. Okay? Mm-hmm. You take that braid and you'd wrap it around that dowel rod. Now, the dowel rod would either, you could do it one or two ways. You could take like a, one of those, like a plant hanger screw, and in the bottom of it, you could screw... That into the bottom of the dowel rod. So it's almost like a gaff. Picture it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have a point. And that way, whenever you wrap that dowel rod, that line would lay along that plant hanger. So we kept it straight. And then you pull back that way with that dowel rod. Yeah, yeah, I see. And pop it off. Yeah. Okay. That way, because one, like I said, braids good to dig in and. Gosh, I used to see people and I would be screaming at the top of my lungs because as soon as I would come up on a wave, if your finger was in that braid as you were oh, yeah. doing whatever, it would it would take your hand off. Take your yeah. hand off, take a finger off, yeah. it's gone with the pressure. Brake's so dangerous. You know, I always carried a short little dial rod, and that's how I would break the braid off. And I would always run a top shot. I would always run, you know, it just depended on what fish I was fishing for. But let's just say it was a, a double rig rod catching triggers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would run 50-pound top shot, 20 feet, 25 feet, something like that. And that way, at least it gave me something because I never wanted to go braid right to the swivel. Yeah. Because you it's just, it's, I mean, you're going to lose, you're going to lose it still, but... It was a heck of a lot easier popping that 50-pound mono as your top shot than it was, you know, trying to pop the braid off. I mean, it—
3: Well, and if braid gets into the wreck, like if you set it down— That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can— it So if you put
2: 20-foot as top shot and it gets hung in a ledge, that's all that it's going to be, you know. Now, if you're grouper fishing or big fish fishing, yeah, then, I mean, it might be 80-pound or something like that, You know, and it might be 50 feet of that.
3: For for me, the reason why I like to use the mono setup is because I have a lot of clientele that are used to bass fishing yes. or something, and they want to set the hook. I don't want them to be able to f- have that high sensitivity feeling of of of, right. of braid, and braids more expensive too, and a lot harder to untangle
2: oh, if yeah. it gets tangled up. exactly. And and that's and, either, and and fishing with circle hooks. And here we go back again. Taking that, exactly. that clientele out of...
3: I fish all circle you know, hooks. I don't know yeah. them I'm setting that hook. Yeah,
2: and and it's so hard for them to understand. Just wait for that rod to load up well, and just start reeling.
3: If you've spent years... Like, I I was the same. I can remember when I had to adjust to circle hooks. I oh, yeah, spent yeah.
2: 30 years my dad hollering in my ear, set that set hook. Set the hook. You're yeah. not jerking hard yeah. enough. Set the hook. <laughs> so, but now with the new requirements and stuff like that in the last 10 years, I guess it's been... Yeah,
3: we're all circle and hook fishing.
2: And... and, and Rodney the rod holder, believe it or not, catches more fish than you would.
3: Yeah, just sometimes that gets scary if you're out there where the 100%,
2: are at. 100%. You can 100%. ask one and break it. And and, t- and with that current that was running and stuff like that, you're not getting any feel because – and it's very hard to try to teach people how to walk a bait back. Mm-hmm. That's, how I, that's what I call it, walking a bait. Because there's no sense in hitting the bottom and throwing it into gear – because within 20 seconds, 25 seconds, you're already eight feet off the bottom mm-hmm. in that kind of current.
3: But if you're looking for mangroves or muttons, you do have to be on That's fine.
2: Yes. That's fine. Because even in, um, but yes, if you're double rigging and your you know, your triggers and, and mm-hmm. your b and your pinkies and all that kind of stuff, relatively speaking, they will be off the bottom The 20 feet off. You know, the highest they're going to be is 20 feet off the bottom. Right. Okay. Usually with current like that, they're underneath the lead. They're not. They're not coming off that bottom by because mm-hmm. they got to swim into it too. Yeah. You know. So yes, agreed. Now, mango fishing, even grouper fishing or whatever, I always would even fish. Not saying when it's blowing a current like that, but a normal everyday where in 150 feet of water it might take you 10 ounces or something to get down. I'd fish six because I always liked to have that in my back pocket where I could walk a bait back and cover more ground than just dropping 12 or 16 ounces and just that bait just sitting right there underneath the boat. I liked how I was able to get away from it, but it's, it's hard to train people. The, the one, you got to know the difference between what bite is what bite, you know, as far as if it's a, if it's a snapper bite or a grouper bite, but they all want to start jerking and reeling on as soon as the fish hits when you're walking a bait back like that it's like yellowtail fishing in the keys or whatever you wait till the line comes off the reel somewhat at a you know not a kingfish clip but it's coming off the reel it's not because they're just trying to kill the bait you know and finally they're going to pick it up and they're going to move off with it when they do that is when the rod goes into gear and you start winding and you don't stop you just keep winding through it you don't jerk you don't raise the rod you just start winding yep but that's that that's that's how i like to, that's how i like to fit that's how i like to fish offshore
3: and everybody has their own little style that they like to do and i i mean i've i've seen it happen on my boat before where i'm like hey you can't do that that's not going to work yeah and then them catch a fish doing it i'm like yeah. okay <laughs> you, but but you gotta be you do it your you, way yeah
2: you gotta and and we talked about the current the current is bad and and it does get that way where if you, whether it's you're fishing on a private boat or you're, 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 you are charter fishing, you, you might have to take turns when you're out there. We're out there for a long period of time. Everybody's going to get their shots. But it's no sense of me dropping six lines down when four out of the six are going to end up getting tangled way out there. I'm going to spend more time re-rigging you than yes. if you guys would just just take turns with it, you know, And, um, I mean, the big fish are still going to bite. Everything's going to bite, but it's just a different way that you're going to fish. You know, especially fishing that much lead in that much current that it was. And it was. It was boiling last week. It was incredible. Um, So, anyhow, tidbit, whatever, however you want to take it, there is some days that everybody's not going to fish at one time. Yeah. Yeah i mean it's just plain and simple you just got
3: to come in closer but
2: sometimes you do sometimes you got to break it off and just say hey this ain't worth it you know and you come back into 100 120 foot and you know uh and pick on you know and and the cobia bite um been okay then because of the water temperatures being as hot as they are or warm as they are at least my thoughts are for for this time of year um the fish are really scattered out you have a chance of anything absolutely Um, And I'm not going to, I've been doing this a long time, and I stare down and, you know, I think I had a kingfish that took a chance at a grunt on me one day last week. All I could tell you, it wasn't big. It was 12 pounds, maybe. And all I could tell you, it was silver and had a green back. Mm -hmm. And it never came back. It never just materialized like a, like a barracuda would. When it came by, it came, it, it. It took a chance at it, missed it, and just went right by the engine and went right on out.
3: We had a lot of kingfish cutoffs last week.
2: You know, a lot. And I'm just telling you, that was four miles off. I'm not, I don't know, but water temperature was 69 degrees. We have talked to you about that before. That Kevin and I fished the beach last year and had some incredible days while everybody else would run out and find the warmer water. We had some incredible days on the beach last year. You know, with water temperatures being sixty-nine to seventy-one, mm-hmm. when we had that cold water up to only come through and stuff like that, everybody else would think that they have to find that. And uh, gosh, we, him and I were in there all by ourselves, and it was insane.
3: Yeah, and when the water temperature is like it is right now, anything can happen. You can yep. catch C- cobia from the beach to the other side 100% of the water. Hundred percent agree.
2: Hundred percent with the way the water temperature is right now. Yeah, it's I- perfect.
3: And, and Wahoo are the same way they're spread out everywhere
2: and the water wasn't clean clean but we call it the kingfish green yeah you could still see down there's a lot of photoplankton in the water which always is in in wintertime there was a lot of jelly, you know jelly balls rolling around in there mm-hmm. um but you could still look down and 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 see your fish 15 feet down no it wasn't Bahama blue but you could yeah. see what you were catching you could see 15 feet down so yeah. I'm just telling you, I know the water was green, and I'm telling you what the fish, but I'm just saying it it was weird how it came by the, you know, it was really weird how it came by the boat.
3: And last Saturday, we found pockets of blue water inside, which is, you know, that, that's.
2: Really? You found some spinoff? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anything there to, like, I, any... I wasn't
3: trolling, so, you know, I was just running okay. through it.
2: Yeah. Um, a lot of bonitas. If yep. you want to play around, the little bullet bonitas, fun as all get out. Yep. Light rods. What you fish inshore with? On a calm day, you can see them. And yep. there was acres of them. Um, they're eating right now, little glass minnows. Yep. Okay. Um, so they are such fun to catch on light tackle, but you just need
3: spoons or spoons
2: something. or something that you could throw a country mile. Your little the old Hopkins little gold spoons and stuff like that, or anything that you could rip across top of the water. I mean, that is great fun. We played around with those for a little while.
3: Um and they are fun to catch. <coughs> oh, they're a
2: blast. A... Absolute blast. They're not big, they're three to six pounds, seven pounds. They're just fun.
3: And they will <coughs> excite you.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: Because they're gonna run towards the motors, they're gonna mm-hmm. do laps around the boat. They're gonna yeah, they're 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 exciting nope. fish to catch.
2: I, I have no problem in catching, but I love catching them things. Oh, yeah. It's and a we, blast.
3: And we can turn them into bait later.
2: And you can turn yeah, exactly. Yeah, hole <laughs> or cut up, whatever you want to do. <laughs> All right, folks, you listen to the Mo's Southwest Girl Fish Forecast. Take a quick break right here. Be right back with Captain Chip Bingo.
1: This is the Moe's Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. Brought to you by Ring Power and Tire Outlet on 1010XL.
2: Welcome back to the Moe's Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. I am Captain Scott Shank, sitting there with my good friend, Captain Ricky Poor, And you know what time it is. If we got Captain Chip Wingo holding, is this all about fish bites and fish bites trading post. Come and What's see up? the guys. They got new over the bar, surf rods, especially for this time of year is uh is where you're at. Surf fishing is really on fire right this second. We I mean that we'd never touch on that, but boy, I've gotten some good reports about that going on this week. So uh but yeah. Go see my good guy, good good friends over there at fish spice trading post and it'll get you hooked up whether you're inshore or offshore hey chippy what's up chips you doing all right buddy
4: oh yeah yep. Yeah. been so long since i've talked to you guys huh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we know what uh, hey doing. you know
2: the, the funny thing was uh, i mean didn't fish today ricky didn't fish today and uh we talked ricky and i were talking this morning and it started. I had I had all four youngins, grand youngins, this morning. I had dropped them off at school, so it all that that's where it first started. When I was in, I, I went real quick. I went to Publix at seven thirty. Okay, after I dropped them off at school, picked up a few things. So uh, Ricky calls me, and I was in Publix, and we talked for like a half an hour. And I said, look, let me let me get back to you. Let me get through the line. I'll get back to you. Four more phone calls later, you Leon, you know whatever, and and anyhow i got back home and i was messing with captain's choice stuff and and i'm sitting there at the table and ricky calls back i looked at my phone when he when he finally said look i'm getting another call him and i talked for like 2 hours and 5 minutes
3: yeah we had a lot going on uh,
2: we today. had a lot going on i mean it was it was it was an in-depth conversation about boats and what we're doing <laughs> and stuff for the new year and And all that with boats and engines and all that. So, you know, it was business. It wasn't just, you know, for the most part BSing, but um, bouncing ideas off of one another. But damn, when you ain't got nothing to do and all that kind of stuff and, you know, speakerphone works really good on my phone and just, I could just set it down and I didn't realize that, oh my God. And you and I and Ricky talked for the whole ride up when I told you to hold on. And that was when I turned the truck on when we were leaving the house. And we finished wow. the conversation 10 minutes before I got to the station.
4: <laughs> it was like, damn. Well, it's, funny. it's funny because I decided with a southwest wind I would not go out. And, of course, the spy point camera was sending me pictures of all kinds of deer. So I'm like, go figure. But, you know, it is what it is.
2: Last weekend of Georgia, everybody's partaking. I get it. I get it. My kids took the kids out of school. I mean, they're not going to school tomorrow. They're. All jacked up, one more weekend to go, so I get
4: it. All that means to me is it's that much closer to turkey season.
2: Well, that so. well to me, what it means <laughs> is it's that much closer to springtime, and come on, March.
4: Yeah, I hear you. You know? Yeah, well, it's funny when you, you were talking about fish bites. You know, for the last couple of weeks, I know some people haven't had shrimp, you know, and things like that, and honestly, it's – you know you know how when the shrimp go through that bolt period and they get real soft yep and they don't stick real well yep i mean half the time on my charters were their throat the shrimp are coming off yep but the fish bites work they've worked all the last few weeks really really well on everything yep you know and especially this time of year with the uh the dirty boxers you know that curly tail it's it's a no brainer so to speak but i mean it's it's like you can put those on the you know the, we've got a lot of yellow mouth, a lot of speckled trout, you know in numbers not not as many big fish, but the yellows have been nice, but um caught the hell of red know, snappers on them, yeah, wow, it's funny
2: i had the four i had the four inch long ones, the bigger ones um, you know the yeah. long longer ones, and you know you you get up in the morning you you've you yes, do I have my eight or nine or ten dozen shrimp sure do, I got them in the boat. But it was like I had Mark and Mary, you know, and it was just like, guys, we could do something way out of the box that, one, I normally don't get to do this time of year. And I said, the ocean is like a mill pond. You want to go play? And of course, you know, so it makes it nice, Chip, that, I mean, I got strips that I could cut to any size. I got curly tails. I got paddle tails. I got whatever, you know, so everything's going to eat them. You know what I'm saying? I can go yep. out and catch yellowmouth trout. I can go um, catch grunts on them and cut them up, you know, and then, you know, put them back down for snappers. I can make you, you know, jig and catch it. Uh, the two flounders we caught that day with Mark and Mary, I mean, they weren't huge or 17-inch fish, but I caught one of them on a dirty boxer, and I caught one of them on a strip.
4: Yep. Well, now with the big ones, you can a fish with them. Yes, you know, bull red fish with them. And that's one of the biggest things for me lately is, you know, I used to buy two dozen crabs, right? you know, and to go out and bull red fish. But when you can put down, you know, the crab bite chunks, and you can also put down a curly tail, you know, and you can hook a curly tail right through the tip on a uh, circle hook and it's golden. I mean, it's got movement, vibration, you know, and it's got scent. So, you know, well, it makes things a lot easier. Well, like you made you know, the I mean,
2: comment, you made the comment of no shrimp, which we had that problem for two days last week when those daggum storms were out in the Gulf for, you know, coming that way, you know, it started or whatever, and the boats didn't drag and didn't bring bait. Okay? So it was like, oh, God, you know, what do I do? Well, thank goodness this time of year, you know, your cold water species, trout, both species, whiting, you know, drum, all that kind of stuff does not, not going to bite on some kind of fish bite, some kind of artificial. You can make it through the day this time of year on some kind of artificial if you don't have bait. Well,
4: lately I've just been using the shrimp as a backup, you know? Yes. I mean, because if you have a client on the boat and you're throwing artificials and they're like, well, don't you think if we had some bait, and then you throw one guy with bait and you'll find a lot of times that. You know, they won't miss as many bites with the fish bites because it stays on. You know, it's also putting the scent trail out, which is very important for us in a lot of the deep water spots we fish to get the fish fired up to begin with. That's right. You know, and once one eats, they all come alive. You know, and I told you about my buddies that are using those fish bites for deep drops. Yes. So they're putting did on it. their deep drop reels. I did it. And kept... I did it. Yeah.
2: And it was incredible. I never, yeah. I mean, I wasted, you know, a uh, twenty-dollar box, fifteen-dollar box of squid. I think we only took two or three squids out of there, and it, it was to catch a mahi that was swimming around the boat. I was, ch- that was, I just was able to grab a handful and throw it to him. When but say, that was it. When you say deep
3: dropping, what are we talking about? Well, I mean, I'm well, talking true deep dropping. I'm he's talking, talking true like deep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's okay. talking six, snowy six, and peaky area and stuff. Thousand feet.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, what but, I was thinking. I was just. Well, I'm saying when I did it, I mean, we caught trigger. You know, we did it. You know, when I went out with our good friend Jeff Stam. You know he couldn't believe it. I, the heck would I, you know, make it a boat all nasty and have something to clean. You know, and it's a clean bait. So to the ladies and all that that don't want to be fishy, you know, they could put that on the hook, and it's not like they're, you know, it's all slimy and nasty and all that kind of stuff. And that helps out too in the course of the day.
4: I've given away a lot of fish bites. Um. Oh, yeah. People, you know, I've had, you know, father and son fishing, you know, 40 yards down from me and they're watching this and they're inching down closer and closer and I wave them over and they think that I'm telling them to go away sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, like, come here. I was like, try this and go right back to where you were and you'll, you'll catch them. Yep. You know, and it's, it's, you know, it's becoming, if I don't have fish bites on my boat, I'm I'm messed. I'm freaking, you know, I I'm just nervous because. Of how
2: good they are. Well, and I you know, want everybody okay. to know that we use a. If we're using a, this is not you know um, like a commercial you see on TV and go, yeah, right. I'm telling you, if I'm, I mean, I don't use them as often as you do, and you use them way more than I do. But I, I, I am finding yeah. new things I can do with these things that I don't have to worry about. You know, damn, the ocean's pretty. I should have got a box of sardines or what? Nah. No, 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 no. It's going to do the same thing for me. I'm going to figure
4: it yeah. out. I well, don't need that. Captain Corey Sparks uses them constantly, too. And he had a client last year catch, what, a seven-and-a-half, eight-pound flounder on just a yep. a pink um, shrimp strip. Yep. You know, and the black drum, love them. The yellow mouse, love them. The, the speckles, love them. I'm just talking about the strips and the chunks alone.
2: You well, know? especially this time of year, which they started back again, Chip, the, the you know, the a lot of... Undersized, uh, speckled trout have started back again. That water's cleaned up and they've come back again. And it just saves you from going through 25 dozen shrimp, you know, is to throw these artificials. You're still going to bend a rod, but the bigger fish tend to jump on an artificial faster than a little fish is going to, where he's going to eat that yeah. live shrimp. Yeah.
4: So, I has- tell you another thing that, uh, that the Fishbites Trading Post has that I switched over to is uh J Braid. Yeah. Yeah. I've fallen in love with J Braid. Yep. I mean, it's cast so much further, it's smoother. It I'm I i do not it I seem to get a lot more life out of it. Um, it doesn't fuzz up as much. You know, it does I use the blue, which I don't think it really matters, but I like the blue because of the way it looks on the the rod matches the rods and the rails but um you know it's it's like when you go that's what i love about going in there it's like but when i go in there i have to usually leave my wallet out it's bad it is bad news going in there
2: yeah no i ordered a spool from them and i'm waiting for it to come in because one i fished it already and i like it compared to what i was fishing so yeah um Just like everything, everything's kind of on back order, so I'm waiting on it. So, do you
3: guys, when you you keep the fish bites, do you keep them in a cooler?
2: I only bring what I think I'm going to bring for the day. If it's their packaged material stuff where it's sealed, Mm -hmm. then I don't mind. But summertime, no, no, no. I mean, if you, you got to keep it in the cool, I mean, I keep it in the cooler in the summertime.
4: Correct? I go through so much of it, Ricky, that it, I mean, I'm going through, a lot of times I'll go through two packs of the strips a day. Yeah. So, and it's going on every hook. And my clients now, too, they go, I'm out of that fish bite. You know, I mean, they know. It's like they want another, one of that fish bites piece on there because I'll watch them, you know, when they'll they'll make a cast and I'll watch and and go, yeah, that's a little sand trout pecking at it or a little mangrove. And then... You know, I'm like, let it go, let it go. Well, he's already eaten the bait. I go, yeah, but the fish bites are still there. Yep. And they'll go, they'll go, they'll go. Then you see that thump, you know, and I'm like, that's what we're looking for. All right, let him take it, now set the hook. And, you know, and they're like, oh, well, you know, there must have been a piece of shrimp on there. I'll throw the fish bites back out, you know, and they don't even ask for another shrimp. Agreed. They just keep throwing, you know, and it's, you know, not to harp on it. I mean, you know, this segment is sponsored by them, but. If it, like you said, if it doesn't work, it's not on my boat. I don't have that much room. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't be talking about I mean, trolling
2: motors. We wouldn't be talking about side scan. We wouldn't be talking about yeah. this or that. Yeah. If if it's something that you know, hardly I didn't believe in. We all know that live yeah. bait's going to catch fish. That's not. I mean, come on. I mean,
4: yeah. But the well, products that are it's out there. So much clean. It's so much cleaner, like you said, you know. And my my clients, when they catch one on an artificial like the paddle tails or the curly tails. You know they're they're so excited they've caught one on, on an artificial. Yep. And I've had guys that are like I'm not an artificial guy. I'm like, look, it's easy to use. I'll show you yep. the same thing you're doing. You know, but um, and one one of the tricks that a lot of people have, I've had people say to me and they don't realize is when you get the paddle tails, not the curly tails, but the paddle tails, when you get them out of the bag, they're a little stiff. Stretch them. So all you do is take that bait and wrap it around your finger and just kind of roll it and stretch it a little bit, not. Yep like Stretch Armstrong, but, you know, stretch it out and it'll loosen it up. Yep. And the paddle tails are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they last a lot longer than most plastics. And, you know, they're a fish bites product, so they're going to, you know, entice a bite. So,
2: Thanks, Chip. Yeah, i got to take good a quick talking break with you, Chip. before I get yelled yeah. at. Matt's yelling at me.
4: Well, ah. you guys enjoy your night. All, All right, right my friend. See Kill ya.
2: one. Be safe. You listen to the Mo Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. We got like a really short segment when we get back, cause we went way over. Be right back.
1: The Mo Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. Brought to you by Ring Power and Tire Outlet on 1010XL.
2: Welcome back to the Mo Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. Captain Scott Shank, Captain Ricky Papoore. 1010 XL Thursday night six to seven usually this time of year we get throwing a curveball because of a basketball game or something but for the most part we're six to seven Uh, we only got like a few seconds left because we ran our mouths but uh, which is what we do here I mean that's just good information he did Chip was Chip Chip was laying it on the line Um, folks weather's gonna be a little iffy offshore inshore not gonna be too bad wind's gonna blow just a little bit. Um, the, the unfortunate thing is that the low tides are going to be either early, early, early in the morning or early, early or late in the evening. So you're going to have high tides kind of throughout the day, but you can work around it. Fish are chewing. Everything's good. Go enjoy yourself. It's going to be a pretty weekend. Thanks Captain Ricky Papoor, for joining me tonight. I'm Captain Scott Shank. You are listening to Mo Southwest Grill Fishing Forecast. Thanks to my producer, Matt. Y'all have a great evening. See ya. See ya.